0: Welcome to Built to Solve, where we highlight fast-growing technology startups and discuss how they got started, how they are scaling, and how they are solving today's most challenging business problems. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Built to Solve. I'm your host, Parsa, and today I'm super excited to have Jacqueline Samira, founder and CEO of Howdy with us. Hello, Jacqueline. How are you?
1: Hi, Parsa. I'm great. How are you?
0: Great. Thank you so much. So give us a quick high level background on yourself and what led to you starting and running Audi.
1: So my background is I actually got my degree in economics from UC Irvine, and I wanted to go into investment banking. I graduated university in 2008, so it wasn't necessarily the best time to get into the banking world, if you recall what was going on at that time. So I ended sure. up just getting a job in sales. And I ended up liking it. I really liked interacting with people. I liked meeting people. I liked solving their problems. Turns out I was pretty good at it too. So I stayed with the company I was working. I ended up getting promoted. And one of the promotions I got moved me out to Austin, Texas. And at the time there was this big tech scene, like big underground tech scene that was blowing up. And I really had an affinity for technology. And so I segued my experience in sales over to the world of tech and grew sales teams, grew revenue teams for a few startups in the area. And I just started to see a trend and more and more companies were moving here, more and more capital was coming here. But it's not like our our crop of software developers were getting bigger and bigger every year too. So a lot of the companies that didn't have as much capital or didn't have access to the same types of benefits package that LinkedIn or Facebook would give folks were really struggling to find and retain talent. So That's why I started Howdy. We help us tech companies build and manage their dev teams in LATAM. There are smart people all over the world. And I just knew that if we could somehow connect the great folks in South America with the opportunities in the United States, it would make something amazing happen.
0: Oh, very cool. And so you would say the main kind of benefits you're providing is connecting Latin America talent with us companies. That's the core of your business.
1: Yeah, that is, that is our, our main competency. We do a bunch of other stuff as well, but I would say that the main reason people will reach out to us initially is, is that.
0: Okay. Very cool. And what are one or two things that you've learned so far in your journey as a founder that you would like to share with our audience? (laughs)
1: <laughs> one or two just that's it that's all i get to share i would i would say that nobody knows more, or cares more. about. yeah more sure. I mean, no one knows or cares about your business more than you do and mm-hmm. a lot of times i think that there is this idea that as you grow you start to hire sub- subject matter experts which is exactly right you do you you want to hire the best head of sales or the best head of marketing but at the end of the day you you hold the vision you hold the torch And a lot of times I have been surprised with myself that you still have to be so involved with all of the little things. And there are so many books and and there's so many different advices out there that says, you know, leverage and give it to the subject matter experts, which you do. But really, you have to inspect what you expect and you can't let go you can't ever fully let go of anything ever no matter how big you get no matter how big of a team you get no matter what subject matter expert you're going to learn from them sure but you still are there to lead and guide the way so that that was the biggest one that surprised me and then the second biggest one i would say is it's good to celebrate failure with your team. This isn't something that I necessarily learned in this journey, it's just something that I've learned over my career in observing leaders that I've really liked working for. And you get the most amazing work if people feel comfortable failing, because that means they're gonna take more risk and do things that they otherwise feel a little iffy on, but that's where really cool things happen. But if you have a culture of fear, then you're going to get the bare minimum from pers- from a person on your team. And so if you can celebrate failure, but just make sure that you know that people are going to learn and move on from that, then you end up building like a really fun company, but you also get to to do really cool things because people are, are okay and not afraid to experiment.
0: Yeah, so you reward the risk.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So everybody's talking about chat GPT, generated AI these days. How is this affecting your business and for few immediate and future plans?
1: So right now, the thing that I think that's really cool about generative AI and ChatGPT is the way that it levels the playing field with so many different things. I, I don't know if you're seeing, but a lot of people are, are out making a lot of money because they're like, this is how you prompt it. Like there's all this education around, this is how you prompt the chat GPT to get all the information you need to do the things that you want, which that was like the gap in working with it. But now that that information is out there, so many people that are trying to learn new skills or so many people that are trying to level themselves up now have this amazing tool that they can work with. help be a master of that and i think there's two camps here there's people that are afraid and then there's people that are excited and i am more of the i'm excited because for me i've always felt like my purpose in life is to connect underserved folks with opportunities and so the more tools that we have out there that can help give access to people that traditionally don't have access to things or give them opportunities in a way that, again, like I said, levels the playing field, this is something that can do that. And we haven't had really any major advances in technology since the internet boom, right? And so it's like, it's really cool that it's happening right now in our lifetimes in a way where we're working professionals, you know, when the internet came out in the late 90s, I was still in school. I'm not sure if you were still in school, but even if, if we weren't, we were maybe just graduating, we didn't really get to take advantage of that. But this is this is a huge shift in that ecosystem. Um, mm-hmm. on the fear side, yeah, like are these guys is ChatGPT and generative AI gonna get set in it and then like take over humanity? Well, that's to be that's to be determined. But I do, I do wish that I, I saw that letter that I think Elon and a couple folks wrote that said like let's pause and reevaluate what we're doing just to kind of make sure we're not growing just in spite of ourselves and not really truly understanding the implications. I think just in general, that's that's good advice, like on anything you're doing. Um, with our business, when we first started, we were very slow with growth intentionally, which is the exact opposite advice that investors give you. They say, you know, like grow at all costs, split scale, you know, go ham, throw, throw throw caution to the wind, get it out there. But I did the exact opposite approach and it worked really well for me. We were really intentional about every little aspect of our business. And before we felt comfortable, then we said, okay, now let's scale it. We really wanted to nail it before we scaled it. And we got crazy great traction. We got great response. We had amazing word of mouth referral. We grew exponentially. And I truly attribute it to the fact that we were very slow and really calculated in everything we did. And yes, I would love to apply that same mentality to to this new technology, but I don't control it. I have no access. So and mm. on the fear-based side, I do think we are probably, as a society, going a little too fast down, down this rabbit hole that we're not really pausing to see what future implications that it could, it could cause.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And is, are, is it making any kind of like, big impacts at the moment on your business specifically?
1: You know, no, not really. The only thing we see on our business, because we help place a lot of software engineers, is, you know, we are one of the first lines that understand what's trending in society because they, like, a lot of the tech companies will come to us and say, can you find us engineers that do this? Or can you find us marketers that do this? Or can you find us people that do this? And, you know, a couple years ago, it was, web three, it was blockchain. It was like all of that when that was like the hotness. And now it's, we need prompt engineers. We need people who are doing large language modeling. We need this, we need that. So it's just, as far as like it impacting our business, only in, only in so much that it's just informing us what's like trendy right now, but no, like it doesn't hurt us. It doesn't help us. It just, it just changes the way that we build teams for folks.
0: Oh, so you mentioned the growth, it was a calculated thing for howdy. What would you say was your biggest growth levers
1: initially? So word of mouth referrals, it was not only like our biggest growth levers, it was our only growth levers. We were really intentional about, the, uh, about what we were able to do. We wanted to make sure that if we said, hey, we can place the best engineers with you, they were genuinely going to be the best in that the teams that hired them were truly blown away. And then on the back end of that, what does retention look like? You know, when you're talking about very top caliber individuals, they have job offers left and right, they're getting poached left and right. So how do we create an environment and a community where folks are going to want to stick around, where they're going to want to stay? Because yes, we can deliver these top teammates, but can they can they stay? And so I think in being able to source and retain for our our companies was something that they were so happy with that every you know they all had friends they all had friends that were hiring all had friends that were leading other engineering teams and so it kind of took off like wildflowers in that in that sense that they told one person we did a good job for them they told another person we did a good job for them but in the early days we were only working for three companies and we told them we're like look you're our beta customers. We're not opening what we're doing to anybody. We're only helping with you. There's, I mean, cause you've got to think of the tax. You gotta think of the compliance. You gotta think of all these like foreign things that we just weren't versed in. And we wanted to make sure that we truly understood what we were signing up for and what we were doing. And, and then once we unlocked it, we had a few referrals. We were able to deliver and we just got more and more and more. And even to this day, I would say that like 80% of our new customers come in by, by word of mouth still.
0: That's that's that means you're doing a great job. Usually. They, or,
1: or a horrible job on marketing. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Either way. Well, if they're if they're signing up as clients, you know, you're doing a great job. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We're doing a great job. But you know, now we gotta let people know we exist.
0: <laughs> cool. So as you might expect, a lot of companies are gonna be looking for talent for AI, generative AI, and you know, things around that on the engineering side. Are you, do you feel right now you're well-equipped to handle that?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I would say that we definitely have our finger on the pulse in a lot of different areas. And usually when we get one or two injection points where there, where it's somebody basically saying, this is what we need, and we're looking at the news and we're observing what's kind of like evolving and what's happening, we've got a great recruitment team, we've got a great sourcing team. And so we constantly have pipelines open Regardless of various positions that we're constantly sourcing for, but generally when we start to see something trendy hit, we open up a pipeline for that anyways, just to kind of see what kind of caliber of individual we can bring in. And we've been, we've been very excited with the results of that so far.
0: Well, that sounds like an awesome way to capitalize on the trends because that's, it seems like with the whole, you know, especially when, with the whole high speed kind of like trend of AI that's a lot of companies that don't have that are going to be, I feel
1: going to be left behind. Exactly. And you know, the other thing is too, that's really funny is that I think people are moving. So uh, there are so many companies that are moving so quick and then now companies are trying to catch up to them and they're like, we need AI too. We need this, we need that. And so they'll mm-hmm. ask us for things. And a lot of times they don't it sounds bad, but they don't even know what they're asking for. They're like, can you give me an AI engineer? And I'm like, can we be more specific?" Like. Yeah. Are you talking about someone that just you know integrates APIs like any other API engineer? Are you talking about someone that's like literally creating generative AI for you? Because these are like very different, you know? And a lot of times people are asking for a skill set that has nothing to do with AI, but will give them access to AI tools.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it's just because of the high speed nature of it, is people a lot of people just don't know.
1: It's not defined in their mind, you know, how to even think about it. Exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. Everyone's just like, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. like, and breathe. It's going to be okay. I promise you're not going to be yeah, left behind. Whole,
0: yeah. It's the whole FOMO thing. I feel in action. On yeah, that. exactly. Cool. So how can folks learn more about Howdy and, and you?
1: Awesome. Well, they can go to howdy.com and find out more about us, I am Jacqueline Samira on LinkedIn, or you can find me at Howdy, at Howdy Jacqueline, H-O-W-D-Y-J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E. It is small, it's small right now, but it, it is a new handle that I'm I'm growing, so.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you very much, Jacqueline, and all the best to you and your team.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Parsa.
0: You can find additional information and links to the websites of the companies mentioned today in the show notes of this podcast episode. This episode has been brought to you by Lead Maximus, where we help B2B tech startups and established brands connect with ideal customers faster and more profitably using omni channel paid ads. You can learn more at leadmaximus.com.